Okay, here we go. This is five by two. Two guys, five hot takes. Our first episode under this new format. Um, this is Zach. This is Sean. Today we're talking about uh, book to movie uh, adaptations. Um, and each of us uh, picked five book to movie adaptations. I picked five where I thought the movie was better than the book. And uh, Sean picked five where he had the e- you had the easier one, where yeah. the book is better than the movie. So um, let's see how, sh- how we should start. Why don't we start with, um, why don't we each do one, right? And we'll just go through our list that way. Sounds good. So if you want to start, um, start with an easy one. I know you've got a lot of softballs. That you- <laughs> <laughs> well, I decided not to do uh, Harry Potter, okay. uh, the obvious choice. But I did, my first choice actually comes from the young adult um, genre. It is the Maze Runner series. Now, I've read um, all three of the books. There's actually four, but I've read the three primary books. The fourth one was a prequel. And I've seen the first two movies. I've not seen the third movie yet. Is that one coming out? Um, it actually is already out. Okay. Yeah. I think it came out in January. Have you seen the Saturday Night Live uh trailer for young adult dystopian fiction no i need to watch that you need to watch that because it, it takes a lot of stuff from maze runner oh, and like it just it. takes all of the archetypes and plugs it in it's really funny right. okay so maze runner yeah the, well the book uh the first book was i thought was really really good i thought it was terrific um the second book was, was pretty good the third book i thought was not that great um so it kind of had a the beginning had like a downward trend but okay. they were still overall good books and i thought the first movie for the most part was pretty good. It's pretty accurate to the book. Uh-huh. Now the second movie, totally off the rails. Like it, it kept some. The principle it was the same. The theme was the same, but it made some drastic changes from the source material. Um, so that that reason, I think that I haven't seen the third one yet. But the first two books are better than the movies. Okay, I haven't seen those movies, nor have I read the books. I actually should have my kids here for this because... <laughs> but the I'm actor sure. the actor who plays the main character, his name escapes me. He's like an upcomer. He's a good actor. Okay. Like, he does a good job in the movies, though. I'll say that. And so, did you like the third book? Third book I did not like very much. So, so maybe it could change if I see the movie. So you could, you could possibly see the movie being better than the book. Yeah. Okay. That's Yeah, that's interesting. Especially with a series like that. Because um, you... If... Yeah, the... The, the directors change, like the Harry Potter movies. Well, this is actually the same director. For all three. He's, he's, all three. Yeah, his name is Wes Ball, I think. He was like a, he was in um, the computer side, the CG side of the movies, like special effects and things like that. Okay. And then he got into directing. Oh, so one of those guys. Okay. He did good though. I mean, so um, I thought this was an interest. This was more, this was more interesting for me than I thought it would be when I started like actually looking into some of the books and reading some of them, because. Uh, what, why you decide a like how you decide that you know. The the trans the transfer of a story from a book to a movie obviously is always going to be difficult, um, and especially what they're showing you in the movie and kind of how you learn things. A lot of times in the book they'll kind of say it. You'll they'll explain it more. Right. They so think it, it like first person. Right. So it almost feels like it's cheating, because like in a movie. You know, like, I guess I'll just start with this. The Godfather. Um, and I have not read the books by Mario Puzo. I was reading one just now, just a little bit to do some research. First two movies, not, I don't know if he wrote anything that had to do with The Godfather 3. I didn't look into that. 
because it was made later, and I'm not considering And everyone that. hates it. <laughs> yeah, everyone hates it. So I'm just considering the first two Godfather movies, which I just recently watched, again, because they're back on, they're on, net, not back, they're on Netflix. I haven't watched them in probably 15 years, and they're still amazing, still great, still amazing movies. Uh, I just, this is partly me just liking the movie so much, um, and then, like I was saying, how you see things in a movie and you kind of make inferences about the characters and you learn about them through their behaviors um, and you get a feeling for what, how, they'll, how they're going to react and you start to see that, oh, this character is the irresponsible one. And then when you read the book, you know, you, you read those descriptions of them and you kind of find that out right away. It doesn't take you, you know, like in the Godfather in the in the wedding scene, the opening wedding scene, which is so amazing, right? The way it's shot. Let me just, get off of your camera feet. Right. They come in, you start to set up all these different um characters and how like the Godfather, they come in, they ask him for things. He says, You haven't been my friend, how am I gonna help you? All this stuff and, and then you see the the sons and right you start to see their character. Well in the book you find out right away what their character's like by the description, which I guess if you're watching it, you can kind of but, get you know, a feeling for it. If it's a really good author, and I have not read the Godfather books, Mario mm-hmm. Puzo, I mean, I'm assuming he's a good author, but there's, that's, it's similar. Like, it's going to come out in the character's actions more than... If I tell you um, character A is boring and mean... Is that as effective as if I show you she's mean? Like right. maybe I have her pull a chair out from behind another student and Which just down? Which makes me kind of, when I'm reading these books, just wonder about like the, I think that, that shows the skill of an author for me is how much they can, like, and I, it's what we, what I mean, what we try and teach like, you know, kids when they're writing, don't just say this person's bad, show, show me how they're show bad. And that's something we try and show kids with their writing. So... The real question here, though, is if I told you, I admitted, confessed, that I didn't like the Godfather movies, would I wake up with an animal head in my head? <laughs> with that horse in your bed. My poor puppy. Yeah. Did you belly. not like the Godfather movies? No, I, I liked it. Okay. I was, not the third I was one. Little, third one. I was a little worried. I liked the first two. Yeah, the third one's on Netflix, too. I kind of started watching it. It's uh, kind like, of one of the great memes, right? Yeah. Every time... I was, it's, pull me back in. They keep pulling me back in. Yeah, yeah that was... That... So even reading it, I was like, eh. And another thing, when I was, um, I just remember the story about Mario Puzo. He was, uh, he was obviously Italian and had a large family. And when he started writing, I read, I remember reading about this when I was in my 20s. And I just had my first kid. And I was trying to write, and I thought I was going to be a writer. And I would go and lock myself somewhere and write. And um, I was, you know very, very uh, pretentious. But I remember reading about how he um, kind of ignored and neglected his family. And that's how he, you know, was able to write. And I was like, man, not that you have to do that to become a writer, but I I kind of like really struck me as that's that's sad and not 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 something I would you know. Is it worth it? Yeah. Not that not that which is not saying that I'm putting myself in the same you know. If I would have ignored my family, I would have been a you know world renowned writer. But just the thought of it is like I felt like I had to would have had to ignore them more to to get better. 
not that I would have ever gotten good enough to be published or, you know, well-known, but that just really struck me. Um, the interesting thing you say that is um, I read Stephen King's book on writing a few mm-hmm. years ago, and one of the things that stuck with me from that book is he talks about how he had this dream when he was younger of having this big wooden desk and, like, in this room he would write in, mm-hmm. and that would be, like, like it was kind of like his fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he eventually got that, but then he felt like he was neglecting his family, and um, and he basically says in the book, and I, I can't remember exact words, but something to the fact that writers need to make sure your family comes first. Like, you write for your family, you write to take care of your family and yourself, whatever. You know what I mean? The writing isn't more important than the family. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, that's... I didn't really that's, think about that. That's, that's so we awesome. go for my next, my next one? Yep, you're right. Up. So I'm doing um, the uh, books that are better than movies. Mm-hmm. The softballs, he says. But mm-hmm. my next one is actually um, a James Bond book. Yeah. So <laughs> I almost said gold member. That's awesome uh-huh. power. But um, the James Bond book I'm referring to is actually Goldfinger. Uh-huh. Which I thought the book was really good. The movie, um, very famous. Uh-huh. I didn't think it was nearly as good as the book. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's very similar. Like, the uh-huh. stories are... I just... I don't know. Maybe it's because it's so dated. Uh-huh. Sean Connery. You, 1960s. You don't like Sean Connery? Oh, I love Sean Connery. He's the but best like, James Bond ever. He is. He's, 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 not he's your, a great John. Is he James not your Bond. favorite James Bond? He probably is because he's the one I, like, pictured when I was a kid. Then yeah. I also pictured Pierce Brosnan. You know, like... Skiing down a mountain with rockets on his shoes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Inspector Gadget style. Right. Pierce Brosnan was not a great James Bond. Well, I think it was just got too, too tech, too right. techy, too. They had to reset over it. the top. They had to reset it. But that's my my next, my second pick is uh, James Bond. Um, that's really funny. By Arthur Flem. Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming. That's really funny, which I guess I'll go to mine then, because mine is the James Bond series. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even plan this. Did not plan that. that was, that's why we didn't tell each other what we were doing beforehand. Um, and I actually started reading. Like I started reading the begin, some uh, section of From Russia with Love and um, some of Casino Royale. And I didn't love it. His writing is really... He used a lot of... Um, uh, Adverbs. It's very descriptive. Lots of very descriptive. Like the one I was reading from Russia with Love, he was describing. Is that the one that's on the train? I forget which one. Is that the one where they end up in the the submarine, like with a bed in it? I think Uh, that's. I think that's uh, um, a Roger Moore, James Bond. Yeah. Um, Or where that he's like with the oh he kills a Russian agent, that was the the husband or boyfriend. Of a female Russian agent that he ends up sleeping with, oh, he's, of course, he right? Can't, he can't be James, James Bond, Bond, right? I mean, even yeah. in uh, Goldfinger, um, I believe it's Goldfinger, he turns a lesbian woman straight at the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that—that that happens. That, that would play well today. <laughs> I don't we should know. put that put that in the next uh, next James Bond. I'm sure that would go over really well. Yeah. Um, I thought, but he was like describing every. I mean, so overly descriptive it almost it just seemed to kind of be less interesting and to me because it was like I don't really want to know every single detail about the lawn and the animal See, on I the feel lawn like Stephen and, King does that a lot he does that yeah, a lot yeah I, I just I like him so much I don't know I, I thought it was I mean it wasn't horrible and I, I'd like to read more but um, obviously you know the, the James Bond character in movies I think has become kind of 
taken on a different life than the James well, Bond. Well, I wonder how many books. people who are even fans of James Bond would even know that. I don't think. I think I read movies. something somewhere that Ian Fleming did not like the portrayal of James Bond because he uh, he he said something about how he he saw him as less of a you know dashing and devil may care and more calculated and not a good person, which really he's not a great person. <laughs> If you didn't have the, you know, the the charm and, you know, he, he sleeps around. If you see another Saturday Night Live skit where James Bond goes to his doctor and he has all these uh, STDs <laughs> and the doctor's just going through it, he's telling him. But, you know, that's, it was very interesting. He he didn't quite like the, the, the persona that James Bond took on in the movies. And I think, I probably think that the new uh, James Bond with, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig is probably a little bit closer it is. to the. I'd say I've a read little the, bit colder. A lot of the original novels, right. About six or seven years I mean, ago. Roger Moore's James Bond, I think, really made it. It was kind of like the Austin Powers <laughs> of James <laughs> Bond, right? Austin it was. Mayo James. I mean, it was so out over the top, right? And and I never saw any of the ones with Timothy Dalton, because everything I've heard was that he was an awful James Bond. Yeah. I mean, I do was, like the names of all the movies and books, though. Oh yeah, I mean it's the, the title's awesome. I love the names. Yeah, great. It's Skyfall. I'm just kidding. Not that, that's not necessarily a great one. I like Skyfall. From Russia with Love. That's yeah, no, movie. I mean he's he had it. He had a, I mean obviously there's a reason why his his uh, they made him into movies. Another interesting thing I found out when doing research for that. What we did research? I didn't do any research. I did. Oh no. I did. It's college um, all over again. <laughs> was that that Ian Fleming also wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? I did not know that. I'd oh, never yeah. heard that before. Yeah. I, was, I was like, I was, I was. Now, could surprised. you imagine if that was the title of a James Bond book? <laughs> Chitty Chitty Bang. Well, that's what I was trying to. I was like, I wonder what all the double entendres yeah. are in that movie. Because <laughs> I was really surprised. So he, yeah, I think he was probably an interesting guy. I wonder if there's a porn adaption of that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, anything with bang in the title. <laughs> but. I was. I think he was in the Secret Service, though, wasn't he? Ian yeah. Fleming? He was during the war too. I think. Yeah. So it's not like he was. He was probably. He was probably a fairly interesting guy himself. Yeah. I would like to. Yeah, actually, I him. think there's a, there was a show on either HBO or FX. I think about him, but I didn't watch it. It had Tony Stark's dad in it. <laughs> Younger version of that. All right, my next one um, is um, I would say is. It's a comic book series, a very popular one. Um, uh-huh. It's called The Killing Joke. It was recently made. It's about the Joker and Batman. Mm-hmm. It's a Batman story, but um, it's more of an origin story for the Joker. And um, it was uh, made into an anime animated movie a couple of years ago. Um, it, the animated movie did not do, I don't know how well it sold, but it was not critically acclaimed or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the decisions made in the movie by the creators of the movie um, did not sit well with fans. Mm-hmm. For example, in the comic book, it really explains, kind of gives you a really. Um, this one, Batgirl. Yes, it has Batgirl. She gets shot and killed, but not killed, but she gets paralyzed by the Joker. By the Joker. Um, that scene is really dramatic, and in the comic, it's uh-huh. really like. I mean, Joker's evil at that point, but it mm-hmm. also gives some back, background about like Joker's life as a petty criminal and. Working his way up, and Who he had wrote a family. That? Who wrote that? Um, Alan Moore, I think. It was Alan, Alan Moore, Moore yeah. And uh, the uh, the movie added basically a love interest between, made it like a love, not a love story, but basically Batman was hooking up with, with the Batgirl. 
I remember there was like people were really upset about that. It was kind of so I mean creepy, like just. Well, he's just hooking up with his friend's daughter. You yeah, know? Jim Gordon. In the movie. In the movie, not in the comics. Not movie. in the comics. Right. In the movie. So that one I feel like is an example where, and I'm not honestly, I'm not even a big fan of the comic. I thought it was a little overrated. I heard so much about it, and everyone thought it's the top of a, so many people's right. list of best Batman comics and all those and, from uh, that graphic uh, novels and or trade paperbacks, whatever you want to say. And it was like Killing Joke, and what was the Dark Knight? My favorite is A Long Halloween by Batman. It's, what was, the, so what was the one that Frank Miller did in the 80s? That was the, oh, he did uh, Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns. That was the one. I mean, those. And I like about both those. versions of that, actually, too. Yeah. So that's, uh, and okay. usually, actually, DC, made, they get a lot of flack for their movies. Mm-hmm. But their animated movies are, are way better than Marvel. Like, usually way better. So That's, a, that's mean, an interesting Yeah, well, maybe we'll have to tackle that sometime. Sub, that, yeah, that's a good subtopic. Yeah. Okay, um... Next, my next uh, book uh, that was not as good as the movie, and this is not not very uh, decisive, but it's more just a emotional thing. I picked Last of the Mohicans, throwing a little shade at James Fenmore Cooper. Oh, <laughs> I've never read the book, but I like the movie. Um, the movie is, I think, is amazing. The soundtrack, yeah. soundtrack is awesome. Soundtrack, I mean, him running on that cliff, just it's just so. B.A., man. Yeah. That's such a sweet movie. and uh, What does B.A. stand for? <laughs> uh, bad Ask? <laughs> um, um, bad Mohican. Um, but I, I'm sh- the, from what I read, the movie, the book in its day was extremely popular. It is, yeah. I started reading some of it, and I was like, Again, very over. I mean, obviously, you. It's hard it's to different time, different time, different style of writing. Um, I don't read as much as I used to, which is another reason why this was interesting for me because like, Netflix. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I waste so much time on Netflix. There's always a series to get through. I have like 15 different shows I'm trying to watch on Netflix, but um, so reading that and taking the time to read his very detailed and you know, the descriptions, the way he wrote them. Um, I just, that's not going to happen very often. But um, it basically comes down to me liking the movie so much. So, um, yeah. I do, I, I do like the movie. How much time do you have? Like seven minutes. Okay. So let, right. I'm going to get my next one. Do your next one. All right, my next one. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic. All right. Book's classic a classic? Book. Oh, very much classic. Classic than, movie? Uh, the movie? The movie? I don't know. Um, and it would be The Passion of the Christ. The book? <laughs> the book. The Bible. The yeah. Bible. <laughs> the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> the Gospels of Mark, <laughs> Matthew, Luke, and John. Okay. So the, the, mean, you're saying the Bible is better, better than the movie. better than the movie. That's a huge softball. But I'll let so, you know. Yeah, well. That's the Jesus juke. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? We need a mirror. So, fourth okay. quarter, who you going to turn to? Right. right. So we can't, we, we can't really, uh, we're not going to do uh, biblical criticism right now. So let's, let's criticize the, the movie. movie. It's so easy to criticize Mel Gibson, isn't it? Is it? Yeah. Did you not like the movie? No, I thought the movie was good. I just, um, I just feel like, I mean, I am a believer that the violence that Jesus suffered was very thorough. Uh-huh. But you can still make the argument that it was could be over the top in the movie, right? I mean, he is, I mean, that's a big part, that's called the passion, he's suffering, right? right? Suffering for God. Oh, so oh, that's oh. a part of it. 
And I also chose this to be funny, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to, to, to sanitize the Bible and make it, make it not as dangerous. No, that's not what I'm trying to do. I, I, no, I, I think... I, I don't know. I, mean, there was, I haven't thought about there that was a lot, There was some, um, I think, some creative license taken. Well, the I, whole thing was like him seeing like the devil, right. that I mean, kind of that was like uh, I I don't know and it, but you know what you can argue, and Mel Gibson like he commits to his projects, yeah like he makes um, they're well crafted movies, you yeah know what I mean like the acting's usually good, I mean they're gory, right um, they use the language spoken at the time, no I think I mean? it was like, it's a very unique movie. Even if you take it away from the the subject matter, which is obviously it's hard to do, but if you just look at it from that perspective, it, it was gonna be it was gonna be a lightning rod because did all of his all of his stuff with the divorce and that came the, out after and the anti-Semitic stuff came out after yeah so I mean and I remember when that movie came out there was like there was the talk about his villains and there was right. a lot of. Um, People were very upset with the, the well because I I think I, I mean he pointed to the fact that which I do like in the movie is that there's a close up of his hands driving like there's a close up of the nails going into Jesus's hands uh-huh. and Mel Gibson that's Mel Gibson's hand and he was saying like this I'm responsible for putting him on the cross through my sins and things like that yeah so I, that he made sure that was his hands included in the movie in every and every cut of it which I thought was cool um, and I thought I mean. His, his, and the other thing was that I believe his his dad was some there was, was some a rumor of being a Holocaust denier. Yeah. Which, so. but he's also Australian, and Australians are kind of crazy. You just never know what they're coming up <laughs> We're with. We just offended but the I, whole Yeah, I, I'm sure they don't care. Um, they're pretty tough. Yeah, that that. I've seen Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> they're remaking that. Well, I think that was just a commercial. Are you thing. sure? I'm not sure. I, I thought I, it was. I don't, a, know. I don't know. It'd be cool. I mean, I'd be, I would be down for that. Yeah. With, uh, Chris Hemsworth and. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So for my uh, fourth, um, I picked Fight Club. Okay. Uh, and this is one where I saw the movie before I read the book. I had no idea that there was a book. Until after I chuck something, right? I can never say the last name. Yeah, I can't it's really say hard. So I, I don't know if I knew about the book before I saw the movie, but I saw the movie when I was in college, and I was like amazed. I, I saw it when I was in high school. I was really surprised on I, HBO late at night. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't. I mean, I just kind of got pulled into it. I'm, I I was uh, I saw it with two of my buddies from my dorm. We went back to my my parents house and saw it with my best friend and three of us loved it and we were just like you know so pumped about that movie and then the other guy the fourth guy was like really disturbed by it like he was like I don't feel right after I, I like, <laughs> so I think like those that movie and the matrix are two movies that I like remember the time and and Blair Witch Project uh, I walked out of watching Blair Witch Project at in the afternoon, blazing sunlight, and I was still scared. <laughs> really? I, see, that movie didn't scare me. Oh, I, I, I scared the crap out of me. Well, I just... Uh, yeah, I mean, Country Boy, I, I, Boy Scout in the woods, like, I, that, we're kind of used to that. I felt like that movie... I was expecting more out of Blair Witch Project. But to go back to uh, Fight Club, 
But Fight Club, yes. Yeah. So, um, that was, I mean, that's an awesome movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. Yes. It's, I mean, just... I, Subversive, I, like, clever. So good. Just the... The, the twist. Right. The cinematography, all the different tricks he used. I mean, there's things I'm sure that people are still studying. Oh, I love that song. Right. At There's the end the of the movie. Yes. Amazing. It's just all David so perfect. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's one of those movies where we talked about movies that we, like another idea for a podcast, movies that we loved when we were younger that we don't yeah. like as much now. Um, I need to revisit this because I haven't watched it in a long time. Just to watch it again and to see. But I've watched it so many times that I feel like I know it so well that if I watch it again, it, it will still hold up. But just amazing. Loved it. And, um, and then I read the book. And I feel like it's just one of those ideas that I think I even have read the author quoted as saying, you know, that the movie was better than his book. Because it's such a great idea, but it's so hard, I think. I have to I mean, how do you do a split personality? Right. And like, I mean, the I know, yeah, the just the way you do it with the movie, it's, it's, such, a, it's such a great reveal. I mean, I was, I was genuinely surprised. Yeah. Like, and then, even though there's those hints, like this flashes of Tyler Durden. I remember seeing it the first time and, and Brad Pitt's character, Tyler Durden, like, flashed on the screen just for a split second. And I remember spotting that and I was like, what was that about? Right. You know, it didn't even click until the very end, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know if I liked the movie so much and that the movie was so visually interesting and so, like, there's so much, you know, testosterone and, and just the, the subversiveness of it. Especially uh, with the, what's the name's character? Uh, Meatloaf's character. Meatloaf character, right? yeah. Yeah. Robert yeah. Paulson. His name Robert is Robert Paulson. Paulson. His name is Robert Paulson. That was, um, yeah, that was a great movie. And uh, the book, I don't know if I've read any of his other books. I don't, I don't, I'm not really, I don't really love his style of writing. I mean, I think he's an interesting author, but. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't read, have read any of his books. But I did read that one, and I just, I didn't love it. And I don't know if it was. A case of seeing the movie and being so over, you know, overwhelmed by the movie, and it's hard for the book to live up to that. But I, I, I wonder if more movies that were adaptions of books would be like that in real life. Like, if we watch the movie first, then we maybe we'd read the book and be like, oh, that was underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like Harry Potter, for example. Um, I remember that reading the books kind of lessened the movie going experience for me. Like, I liked the movies a lot more before I read the books. Oh, you watched the movies first before yeah. you read the books? Really? Except for the last one. Hmm. Except for the last one. Um, I read the book first. And I thought that one was the most, because it was split into two movies, it was the most, like, by the book. I've, I've tried to read those books, but I've never, I've, I've tried to read the first book, like, I don't know how many times, I just haven't gotten well, very that's far. That's, like, the kiddiest one. Right, and I've, I've heard that... I've, they, they grow, they grow. They, the, 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 actually, the reading level increases, yeah. too, so... But you kind of have to read at the beginning to, to get. I mean, I guess you could read like a, crib notes or something. But yeah. all um, right, you ready for my next pick? Yes. All right, my next pick, is J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit. Now, I love Lord of the Rings movies, and I and I enjoyed the Hobbit movies, but I still found them to be bloated, full of extremely bloated. Uh, yeah, like me after Thanksgiving. Like, like Meatloaf and uh, Fight Club. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still own them on Blu-ray. You right? do? Yeah. Well, I had to end the whole like, set. I, got, I just bought the Lord of the Rings extended edition on Blu-ray on sale. Now, like, those are my favorite movies of all time. The like, Lord of the Rings? Yes. So, um, 
that I had high expectations for The Hobbit, and I thought the first one was was pretty good, but then they just got more bloated. Like, he stretched out a book that was a kid's book, first of all, that uh, Peter Jackson thought about, stretched out a book that really could have been done in two movies, even with added stuff. Could have been done in one, I think. I think it could have been done in one. Um, But the story itself isn't as great. The Hobbit story isn't as good as Lord of the Rings. It's just the way it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I... But the... I, I, the book I, was still better, in my opinion, than I, the movie. I have a confession to make. One, I've read The Lord of the Rings and The Silmarillion, but I've never read The Hobbit. Never. <laughs> but, um, I've read it twice. I've, I, was ex- I've, I went to see all those movies when they came out, all the Hobbit movies. You dressed like a Hobbit? Did not, no. Like an elf. Is an elf. You're an elf. Um, the only one... Did I see the Two Towers in a midnight release? I think I saw that. I'm too old now to go do midnight releases anymore. Uh, well, those came out in 2000, 2002, right. I think 1999, right. 2000, 2001, something like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why they had, he had to stuff so much in there. Just, and also, like, what, I, what I'm really disappointed in is all the, 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 the really scary stuff he put in there. Like with the... Um, with, like, the... What's the what's okay, see, I don't even remember the spiders. I mean that comes from the book. No, that's with like um, where they go and like, like in the the wood. Oh, they uh, who's the right right the the uh, pre, what is that guy's name? Sauron. Yes. Yeah, the, like they, the necromancer. Yes, the necromancer. Which, that is in the book. It's in the Hobbit, but it's like it's mentioned. It's just like a mentioned in passing. Like even the Battle of Five Armies, which the last movie was, is in the book. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> uh, Bilbo like seventy plus. Year he old. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Bilbo. Um, man, we should have said spoiler in Fight Club too. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, Bilbo like gets knocked out, so he doesn't witness like the changing of the tide in that in that battle. You know, right? So he misses out on um, the arrival of of uh, the bear guy. I can't think of his name, Bjorn, mm-hmm. and. Um, the eagles and things like that. So yeah. I was fine with adding that stuff. I just there's some scenes that are just ridiculous, like where uh, Azog, the the bad orc, uh-huh. leader of the bad orcs, like the white pale orc, he's like under ice, like on his back floating, and somehow he is able to explode upward through the ice, right. like like he did like ultimate sit up through the ice or something ridiculous. I think I think what happened here's what I don't know if Peter Jackson just missed being in that world because like the Lord of the Rings like I think probably for a lot of people our age or even you know that that came up watching that it was such a big deal now and and it's so crazy to think now it it doesn't feel like that long ago but actually it it was was you know almost almost 20 years ago now but that was such a huge event and like we I took my wife to the first one Fellowship of the Ring and she didn't like it, but then divorced. Yeah. Boom! Took my second wife to the second <laughs> yeah. one. She liked it. She really liked We've been it. Married so. for fifteen years. But then, then at some point, she got into it, and we got all the extended editions on DVD. We watched those. We watched them with commentary. We watched the extra features. Like we loved uh, those really movies. Into it, yeah. yeah, I mean, I lo- we loved it. Like, and and then I think he almost had the same thing. Like. 
He's, they spent so much time on that. I remember watching the extra features where he was shooting with Elijah Wood, and he kept shooting the same scene over, over and over, over again because yeah. he didn't want it to be over. And I feel like I still feel like that. I'm like, man, I wish they were still making the Lord of the Rings movies. And that's that's kind of what he did with The Hobbit, but you can't go back and reclaim that and get well, that. I think um, there's actually an interesting YouTube video. I don't know the name of the YouTuber off the top of my head, but he he basically broke down his opinion anyway of why The Hobbit was problematic. The movies. Yeah. And um, he went back and compared it to the making of the of the original Lord of the Rings movies. How Peter Jackson had time; he had time to produce these. They storyboarded out everything. Right. And he mentions in this YouTube video, and he offers evidence like commentary from the DVD or from the Blu-rays of The Hobbit, where they were they were making up the, some of the scenes, some of the action scenes as they were going. Like the oh, stuff you, you can tell the stuff. Yeah, you can tell some people were like they were diagramming, I should say, like the day of that they were going to film it. And that's not how Peter Jackson did the originals. Like, they worked on that pre-production. was crazy. Yeah. And um, because there was like, remember, if I don't know if you remember this, but Gilmero de Toro, visionary director, Gilmero de Del Toro was supposed yeah. to direct The Hobbit as two movies. Right. And then he dropped out for the movies. Out. I don't remember exactly why, but um, yeah. Peter Jackson kind of stepped in and they just kept the ball rolling. They didn't really pause and right. take time, which they should have done also with Justice League movie. That's a different Side topic down. for a different day. But yeah, it's all. That's my last pick is The Hobbit. Yeah, that's Even though the book by itself. The one thing I did didn't like about the book is there's so much singing. You like, don't like I get it. J.R. Tolkien was like a linguist, mm-hmm. professor, awesome, smart guy. He wanted let's, to create like his own language, but there's so much singing in The Hobbit. Let's do a podcast about our five favorite and five least favorite songs and from the J.R. Tolkien. Just uh, from The Hobbit. You can do just from the, from the Hobbit. Hobbit. Yeah, I again, and I wish they would have made it two movies. And not had the necromancer stuff so much, so that it could have been a movie that all my kids would have. Because it's a, it's, like you said, it's a story for kids. Right. But, yeah. The Hobbit was definitely but, a kids' book. But he wanted. He. That's he, why there's so much singing and he tried talking to do too animals much. and. Yeah, it was. It's more. Uh, it's more like uh, Chronicles of Narnia than. Yeah. The Lord of the Rings. So disappointing. Here's my side last thing about that. I'm one. I'm what I'm waiting for, and this is when I'll know I'm really old, is when. There's a, a remake. A remake of the Lord of the Rings. Well, they're making an Amazon TV show. Right, but I'm just I'm waiting for that because that's when, you know, that's when you would know. you watch it? Oh, of course. I would if they can bring back, uh, what's the name? Play Aragorn. No, uh, er, well, uh, uh, Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen. Well, he'll yeah. be so old by then that he'll play Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> he will. <laughs> I hope he gives him a Russian accent or something. Uh, Gandalf. Have you seen that that Russian movie with Viggo Mortensen? Eastern Promises. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was referring to. Okay, that's good. Just make sure you keep your eyes out when you're in the shower. Right. right. Okay, and this is this last one for me is speculative, because I haven't seen the movie yet, but um, I read the book in advance of the movie, um, and that is Ready Player One. Oh, we disagree about this book. This is a good one. That's a good. That's a hot take. Yeah, hot take. Hot, the hottest take. Um, I read the book. I didn't love it. In fact, I thought there was a lot of things about it that I, I, I wish. I think he. I just didn't like. I, I, and I didn't like a lot of the. The way he wrote it. I, again, I felt like he kind of missed his audience, where as it was like a. And I told you this, and we disagree about that. I felt like it was a young adult fiction book that was aimed at adults because I felt like the way he wrote it was not as... Well, the character's a 
teenager, right? Right, Maybe almost eighteen. Ready, yeah. But I, but I, you just, but I just felt like there was some things that weren't that I wouldn't want my twelve year old to read about. But I felt like the writing style was not. Mm, how do I put that? It wasn't. Uh, it just wasn't that. I don't know. It wasn't at an a, like a novel level, like an adult level fiction book. I mean, you kind of give young it adult get, fiction. It doesn't meet the uh, Ned Flanders approval. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, I just... I'm kidding. It's not, it's not great literature, which I don't expect it to be great literature, but, like, you kind of give certain young adult, like, young adult fiction a pass because they're writing it to kids. So you're like, I don't expect Steinbeck, right? But I just felt like some of the things he wrote were just... It just wasn't great writing. It the the some of the it was just too easy. The descriptions were it was kinda like that say, you know, show don't tell. He was telling and his it was it was just he didn't it didn't seem like you he, he went for and I'm not expressing myself very well, but I I just a lot of the he didn't turn a phrase very well and his and I felt like also his he had this a lot of it is referencing the eighties and um late seventies and he had such a wide he ca- he had such a wide uh selection to pick from that he could take anything it was really lazy. I feel like if he would have selected like a more specific subgenre or like say you know one style of music or like maybe if like a movie series or something and kind of took more from that instead of just throwing his net so wide as everything from the eighties because the eighties I mean, we ha- especially this generation and the way we've started, you know, collecting film and music. There's so much information as opposed to like saying if he was talking about the twenties, right? right. And if it was something about the twenties, and you could talk about flappers and F. Scott Fitzgerald and jazz, speakeasies, and speakeasies. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that. <clears throat> but this, I feel, I feel like. The target audience is obviously readers because he wants to make money, but uh, I think there is a people in the video game community who would love the book, I think, because they would get those references. But me, like, I, I, I enjoyed the book a lot. Um, and I, I didn't hate, I didn't hate like everything. I, I, I didn't hate everything. The it's book just, is I geeked exciting. Out a lot. Like, it's awesome when, you know, you see uh, Ultraman, you know, and, like, and I'm excited. I, and I liked some of that. Movie, like, like, the... the, the Godzilla and... Right. and but at the same time, I, I, I see what you're saying. Like, if I were to take this to my class and say, read this book, most of the references would go right over their head. They wouldn't understand it. Even though it's written, I agree there, it's written towards them. Like, it's written a young adult style. Has has the coming-of-age part, the, mm-hmm. the learning about your identity, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, dealing with family drama. It has all that stuff that's kind of common tropes of... Young adult novels. Right. I don't. Even, it doesn't have a love triangle that love triangle that I can remember, but um, it has secrets being revealed. And right. Yeah, and and it, it's exciting. I also, I mean, I like the concept. But I'm I also biased because it takes place a lot in Ohio. And the right. That's you like Middletown, and then the the yeah, Columbus, Columbus is the yeah. hub. I I thought that was funny, and I. Well, it's because the author I think is a graduate. Uh, I looked this up once. But, yeah, never mind about that, but. He's from Ohio, and um, he's from Ohio. Yeah, the office. Okay. Yeah, so he put like, like place. I don't know the places he's been to, but he, Ohio features a lot. So I'm biased towards right. that. I, I mean? and I, I think, obviously, haven't seen the movie. The movie could suck, but 
it's kind of like it's a little bit like Fight Club. That's such a visual thing. The idea of going into a virtual reality world when you can see it, it's going to have such a oh, and another thing. And when I was reading, it, I did um, sometimes YouTube like video games like Joust, for example, because I wasn't really familiar with Joust, and that plays a crucial role. Everybody's familiar with Pac Man and all this different stuff, but like, there's some less popular games, or at least less common games now. Mm-hmm. Um, that are referenced in the book that play key roles and I had to look some of those up so I would have an idea of what I was supposed to visualize. So I get what you're saying there. You shouldn't have to necessarily and I, and I don't mind that as much. Do research when you're reading I novel. just feel like I feel like the writing wasn't at that high of a quality at some points that sometimes he just took his plot twists or the way he described like the dialogue like he's writing dialogue for teenagers and, and at sometimes it sounded just it's hard to write dialogue for teenagers when you're not really close to that age. And it sounded just kind of not great at times. And it was really easy to pick a lot of these pop cultural references. And maybe it's because I'm too familiar with them. Hey, can I, get, can I throw something there? I like to write. And I've sent out the manuscripts to different agents. And speaking of like the voice of teenagers and how they talk, on the same manuscript, I've gotten responses back from agents that said, the voice is too old. Like, then I've, then I've had the first response that the voice sounds too young, too middle school, or, mm-hmm. or like the way the characters talk. So they don't really I think know it's either. really subjective. Um, it's true, yeah. I mean... And it, it, it changes. It's going to change. It changes every year. Like, you know that when the kids come in, something comes up and it's... But something comes up I'm and I'm the king of rejection, though, so it's pro asterisks right there. It's like middle school over again. All right. I, and I just, I, I felt like, I just read, I've been reading The Giver. I finally read that. Oh, it's a great book. I love it. Oh, and it's so, but he, she... Louis uh, Lowry, right? Yeah. yeah. She creates this, this sci-fi world. Hey, there's world. one where the movie wasn't. That's I haven't yet. seen that yet. Have it's you seen on the Netflix. Movie? Yeah, I've seen Is the movie. It, it's yeah. not good? It's okay. I mean, they aged up the character oh, okay. you know, a little bit. It's been I a while since I watched to it. See it but I mean, but I, I really like that book. The so. style and the, the, the world that she builds without much effort and the, you know just a little twist where she just uses dwelling instead of home right but some just, of that is lost in the movie I'll say because I, I can one of the reveals that. of the book I hope you're this far is that they don't see color right and that is automatic I mean when you watch the movie it's black and white at first so is it like you that was a cool surprise when they right. throws the apple or he t- yes. grabs the apple and it like flashes red or something and that happens in the movie, but that scene isn't as impactful as it was in the book because, like, oh, they don't see color. Oh, crazy. Like, that's something we take for granted, right? Right. I mean, most people do. Yeah, it's a good reveal in the book. So, all right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Um, next time, let's think about uh, we're probably going to. Yeah, this is our first podcast. So if it's horrible, we apologize. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye.